0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your I host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Matthewson wor- wasn't worried about? S I E R A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there and on the other, other side of the screen team team is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clipped together every time we've talked
1: about him on other people's profiles we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's, it's not necessarily Hall of Fame it's not necessarily above average but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore.
0: And welcome to Above Replacement Radio where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host Chris Giante. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing Daniel?
1: Chris I'm doing really well. It is postseason time. We have reached the end of the regular season, and what a what a regular season it was! Jacob Degrom with an o six two ERA to end it. I mean, that's that's insanity. Uh, I I'm, I'm I'm so excited for the postseason. though. was going to be so great.
0: Yeah, I mean, just uh, an unbelievable slew of matchups. We got the expanded postseason this year. We got sixteen teams oh, in yeah. the playoffs, and uh, you know, happy, you know, I bet some teams are are just happy to happy to see that. Maybe, you know, I guess the Dodgers would have would have made it anyway in a regular format, but you know, the Dodgers, regarded to as, you know, maybe the best team in baseball before the season, gonna be representing the seven seed out of the National League and uh gonna be going over to Wrigley Field for the three game set uh against the Cubs. It's gonna be very interesting.
1: Yeah, you know they expanded this thing at the beginning of last season for a reason, uh, because you know teams like teams like the Dodgers, who the league the league desperately needs in the postseason. You know, sometimes you're gonna have a slump like that. I mean, you know, the Yankees are gonna be representing the eighth seed. I mean, who could who could have predicted that? So I mean, you know, yeah, the Dodgers would have made it anyway in the regular format, but you know, you gotta you gotta have some sort of safety. Uh, net for your your marketable teams because you know we've been talking for years market the game get the guys out there that need to be out there that's not happening if the Dodgers don't make the postseason or if you know they're they're one and done in a wild card game against the Padres so you know it's important that we give the the league that safety net and uh, you know it's going to be a fun postseason I'm excited for another another uh eight game Wednesday coming up this week
0: yeah gonna be uh it's gonna be huge um you know I think you know we're not gonna get into a award season yet but we do have to note that uh that these that these uh uh that these awards are being voted upon now by the writers. Uh the National League Cy Young looks like a very interesting race because you know Jacob Dugrand missed a few starts. However he was one of the best pitchers in baseball and then uh and you know definitely won the ERA title pretty comfortably he but then you a have brandon three
1: era plus
0: yeah yeah very like extremely good and then you have brandon woodruff and kevin gosman who made all their starts and were also excellent had a uh, had lower eras than last year's than yeah. both of last year's cy young winners it's just i don't know what's gonna happen there
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting uh but you know what that's we'll talk about that after the month but i mean uh, world series predictions i mean what do you got?
0: Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, tough to say now it's, uh, you know, the, as opposed to the 60 games sprint, I feel like the, the playoffs are, are a four series marathon. It just, it goes on for a while. Um, I don't know, uh, world series predictions, you know, it, it might be a, another repeat of one seed versus one seed. Maybe, maybe like everyone predicted you, you see giants raise, I don't know.
1: See, I I like I have an AL East NL West matchup, but it's not that one. I got Rays Padres. We're getting a first time World Series Victor this year.
0: Yeah, um, so there we I go. Think
1: the, I think the Padres like they're just due for success. You know, Fernando Tatis Jr. is due to take that next step in the postseason. As is the whole team. Um, I really hope. I mean, I hope we can get a, another Dodgers Padres playoff series. But I mean, as far as the Rays, I mean, they play the Yankees in the first round, so we all know that they're gonna win that one. And then they get, I believe, the winner of, of Red Sox and Astros. Um,
0: yeah, they will.
1: That'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, I think the Red Sox could give them a run. You know, they beat, they won the season series 3 to nothing against the Rays. Uh, so that can certainly be interesting. But, you know, the Red Sox got to get to the Astros first. And The Astros took three out of four from them. And if they got to face the Astros, well, the Rays beat them last year. So I think the Rays have the clearest road to the World Series in the entire league. I think the NL is definitely a lot more unpredictable. Uh, But it's, you know what? I mean, only time will tell how right that is.
0: Yeah. All right. So that was our uh, recap of the 2021 regular season. Yeah. We just did that uh, because, yeah, on Sunday, Sunday was the 67th day of the regular season. That was the amount of days last year's regular season was, which kind of puts everything into perspective as to how short that really was. Yeah. Like – we we predicted that this day would come and we would be like, wow, but yeah, wow. It's uh pretty wild. But yeah, that's that's how that's how this regular season would have looked. Obviously yeah. it would have been different. They would have had every team get to sixty games. You know, that's not that's definitely not the case now. You know, the Mets have only played uh Mets have only played fifty two, I believe. So yeah. David
1: 58 innings pitched, he wouldn't even qualify for the standard ERA title.
0: Right. Yeah. So that wouldn't have been formidable, but uh, but yeah, kind kind of crazy that uh that season went like went that quickly. But uh, we have we have some things to talk about uh today. I think the issue of of spin rate has been a topic for the entire season and it's becoming uh it's becoming even more of a topic of hand lately as some notable pitchers have had decreases in spin rate as major league baseball has talked about more serious enforcement of the rules so uh it's looking like the game might be might be changing here
1: yeah i it was last week that the minor leagues uh, suspended four different pitchers ten games for using foreign substances. And, uh, you know, spin rates have, uh, you know, they've been a focus point ever since then. And, you know, the two headliners, like we mentioned, uh, in the spin rate scandals with sticky stuff are Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer. And Garrett Cole, in his first start back, um, he got lit up by the Rays. And his, the spin rate on his fastball, which is in the top five percentile, Uh, It was down 116 RPMs, which is pretty severe. His knuckle curve was down 70 uh, RPM. His changeup was down 71. And his slider was down 45. Uh, And then there was Trevor Bauer, who pitched yesterday on Sunday against the Atlanta Braves. And, you know, he still pitched well, all all things considered. He had seven strikeouts in six innings, which is a good sign. But the spin rate on his four-seam fastball was down 210 RPMs. The slider was down 50. Cutter was down 64 uh knuckle curve was down 45 change up he only threw two change ups or three change ups so this is going to sound more drastic than it really is it was down 266 and his sinker which he threw one of which was down 231 so those two you know they sound a lot more extreme than they really are just because of small sample size but i mean you know it's it's been there's been a noticeable difference so far uh in the era of we're actually going to do something about this and it started with the headliners
0: right yeah i mean the like you mentioned before the show, those are the two two lo- biggest names you think about when you think about uh, foreign substances correlating to spin rate, and you know the accusations being thrown their way. Um, the you know obviously the Bauer case is the most interesting because he was calling it out in 2018, and then I think he became uh, then then he started being like, all right, well this isn't going to change, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with them, and I'm actually gonna probably use the most the most egregious substance possible. So that was, you know, probably the most interesting out of uh, out of all the cases. But
1: I don't mean to make this comparison. I mean, I do mean to make this comparison, but I mean, I'm not saying you know this player is as good as that player. But Trevor Bauer's role in this kind of reminds me of Barry Bonds because he well, he didn't plan on doing steroids when they were out. But in 1998, that happened. He was like, all right, well, you know what? If this is going to happen, I'm going to go out and hit 73 home runs. And what are they going to do about it?
0: Yeah, it. I mean, that's actually, that's actually a decent comparison, you know, in terms of uh, changing the game in a way. Because, yeah, like um, the alleged Barry Bonds decision to take steroids was uh, allegedly after the 1998 season. And he talked about like, you know, I see, I see all these guys hitting home runs uh, now. I I know why they're hitting those home runs or that crazy amount of home runs. So, uh, why not? Why am I not able to do it? So, yeah. you know, he started doing Forward it, and the, best player
1: in the league anyway. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, I, fun fact: I think in 1998, he he still led the league in wins above replacement, which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, after mcguire and so wasn't
1: city. it wasn't the idea that he started juicing during the season like mid-season or something probably
0: um yeah it potentially
1: it could have uh, been a thing i guess we don't know i mean there's there's allegations there's he may have done that he made done this and barry's not going to say anything at least until he's in the hall of fame because i mean that's the one thing that's keeping him out right now and there's no doubt he wants to be there you know he's talked about uh, being blackballed and how the league is—you know—it's it, him against the world, seemingly, with the writers. So he's not gonna—he's not gonna give the the writers a leg to stand on during this time, obviously.
0: But yeah, uh, going.
1: But Trevor Bauer is being open and honest about everything. I mean, he has the the, the legalized pine tar shirt uh, on his website, which I know that pine tar isn't exactly—you know—the the big issue. It's it goes far beyond that, but you know it obviously shows he's for the the, the idea of foreign substances because technically pintar is a foreign substance it's not legal
0: yeah. yeah right and i believe he's proposed the idea of one universal uh substance that um that pitchers can use but but yeah uh you know he's his spin rates uh went down I, you know i would imagine if this does get enforced we'll see countless uh, spin rates going down. Maybe not to the, maybe not to the extent of Trevor Bauer, where it's like minus 200 RPM on the uh, on the fastball, but it might be you know 70 or 80 RPM closer to like a Garrett Cole range. And yeah, I mean, um, it's if they do enforce it, I think it's it would be brilliant on Major League Baseball's end. To the year they deaden the baseballs, and offense kind of goes down. They also enforce uh, the advantages on the pitching side of things by enforcing uh, enforcing the use enforcing uh, yeah the abuse of uh, foreign substances and taking that away from them. Yeah, because obviously offense is down this year. Uh, If you take away if you take away the foreign substances, not only will it raise offense, but it'll it'll raise it'll decrease the reliance on home runs for off offense probably as well, because it's going to be easier to get hits.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I think realistically, like, everyone complains about like hitters are going all or nothing because realistically it's a lot harder to to string singles together and get some runs in by, you know, station to station, moving guys around. Like that's not as realistic as it used to be just because it's so damn hard to hit like on a repeated cycle like that.
0: Yeah. It like, it it is very hard. Yeah, it's obviously very hard to hit. I don't know. You know, it's like a chicken or the egg situation. Like, did averages go down because of the new approach, or um, is the or is the new approach because of averages going down? You don't know. But like, for com- for comparison, you know, the the league average, major league baseball batting average right now is two thirty seven. If you go back even to 2010 which is outside the steroid era or 2009 actually which is outside the steroid era it was all the way up to 262 so already
1: wasn't wasn't 2009 like the start of the strikeout revolution though like i'm pretty sure 2009 uh was like the league like the highest strikeout rate of all time uh at that point which obviously it's not even close now yeah it was yeah 2009 uh set the record for most strikeouts in a season so i mean the new approach had kind of been waving its way in a little bit
0: yeah so yeah it's it's gone you know from 262 257 255 255 253 251 then back up to 254 that was when the (laughs) that's when Manfred came in uh 2015 it started going back up and then uh then it started going down after uh 2019 which was uh supposedly the end of the juice ball era but yeah like it was uh it's, it's kind of been an issue as to pitchers being a little too overpowered, and uh, I think that it's potentially changing, which is probably probably good for the game. We don't yeah. we don't need to be seeing um, all these strikeouts and this lack of uh, action on the bases.
1: Yeah, no, you're uh, right.
0: Um, but yeah, I think that does it for the spin rate discussion for today. We probably will be talking this is about very it. Very
1: much not the end of it.
0: Yeah, well, this is
1: just the beginning.
0: We will be talking about it uh, throughout the season until, uh, you know, I'm going to guess there's going to be punishments laid out eventually.
1: Well, I mean, I think the real event comes with the CBA next year. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you talk about league like players association versus league. It might turn into a batters versus pitchers thing because maybe all pitchers think like Trevor Bauer and all pitchers want some sort of substance and hitters are like, yeah, no, we don't need that. We don't want that in our league. And the owners are kind of just like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Because I mean, we know that the owners are going to try everything to get their own way. Uh, That's, you know, we've seen that countless times in the last, I mean, I guess it was this time last year, really, when we started, that started becoming super public.
0: Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, obviously the, another big thing will be the things that Kevin Mather discussed in the off season, which was, you know, the service time manipulation. That, that'll, that'll probably be the biggest, that might be the biggest thing to change, but I don't know. You never know. Um, all right. Well, that's the, yeah, that's the spin rate discussion for, uh, today. There were some, uh, IL de- designations being handed out, uh, First of all, John Means uh, was pulled out of a start on Saturday against the Indians due to a shoulder strain. And yeah, not the best. I think his numbers have been declining. So it might be a correlation to issues with his shoulder. But uh, yeah, kind of, it, it's not really like the Orioles weren't really going anywhere, but it's really tough for a guy who is having a, a career year thus far.
1: Yeah. You said it right there. Like, obviously if you're an Orioles fan, like this team isn't supposed to be fun to watch. Um, and that's, you know, it is what it is right now, but John means gives you a reason to watch and like just having that one reason, like it really does make a difference from a fan perspective. Like as a, as a perennial last place team, like you just, you know, if there's something to watch, you're going to cling onto that really heavily. And that's what the Orioles should be doing with John means. Um, so, over, over his last four starts, uh, he ha- he's pitched 19 innings, 16 strikeouts, with a 5.21 2 one ERA. Uh, he's given up at least, well, I guess, I mean, he did have some good innings in there, mixing him with some bad ones. Uh, six and a third innings pitched, four earned runs. Seven innings pitched, two earned runs. Five innings pitched, three earned runs. And then the bad one uh, came on June 5th, two days ago, in Cleveland. Uh, didn't make it out of the first inning, gave up two earned runs. So, I think that's definitely... You know, that's obviously where he got taken out due to injury. Um, but I mean, he was struggling within that game so I th- think you know it is pretty easy to say- to see that.
0: Yeah, um, I'm wondering if the strain might have anything to do with uh, fatigue I'm not sure I don't know if means is used to uh, the kind of workload he's been he's been getting you know he uh, before the injury it was he had, uh, he had, uh, I believe, seventy innings. Yeah, he had he had seventy innings under his belt in the team's first fifty three games, which is something a pitcher uh, might not be used to at this point. And you know, he's looking at pitch counts consistently, like over ninety pitches. So I don't know. Maybe he's maybe it's fatigue. But if it was a fatigue problem, they would, you know, they have a they would label it shoulder fatigue. So I'm not sure, but you know, hopefully it's something that I, I imagine it's something that he will be able to uh, come back from uh, soon enough. Ho- hopefully it's not an extended problem.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, this is the guy that the Orioles kind of need to have, you know, even if they're not going to go anywhere, like this gives them an ident- identity. Um on the mound especially you know the Orioles are one of the worst perennially worst pitching teams in the league uh John Means is the outlier and he's the guy that can sort of lead the way for everyone else but if you know if he can't do that like that's an issue
0: yeah it is uh it is very trying to
1: find what is uh his velocity in his last start I wonder if that took a tick down
0: oh that's actually very interesting
1: because I think it's a fair question
0: yeah, um, yeah, that could potentially have been a, a sign, you know. Yeah. I know, I know when, um, last year with the Braves, when Mike Fulton Nevich had an issue with velocity, they just sent him down immediately. But,
1: uh, really, nothing. His, his fastball was up uh, a, a mile per hour, his curveball was up, a, up uh, almost two. Same with his changeup, no, really, no real change there. No real, man. Yeah, no real change in anything by the numbers. I think he just wasn't feeling it. I mean, obviously he wasn't feeling it. Uh, but you know, it doesn't. There's no real, uh, like, numerical data that shows like a clear sign of he was obviously hurt. Yeah, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, pretty interesting. Um, maybe he was just fighting through it. But yeah, uh, John means on the IL. Uh, We talked about how the Giants are, you know, if the regular season went like last year, the San Francisco Giants would be the one seed. And one of the big reasons why they are the one seed uh, in thus far in 2021 is because of uh, the resurgence of Evan Longoria. Uh, Unfortunately on I don't know if it was Friday or Saturday. He uh I think it was uh Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh he collided with Brandon Crawford on a ground ball and uh I believe sp- sprained his shoulder and will be out four to six weeks. Um this one this one hurts for the San Francisco Giants. It does. Uh, and yeah, I mean for for context, Evan Longori was hitting 280 with an 892 OPS and a 150 OPS plus uh, in 2021 uh, was kind of a catalyst for their offense this year, but uh, we'll be going on the IL for, for, for four to six weeks.
1: Yeah. If you look at pretty much any of his, of his rolling charts for, uh for 2021, whether it be like Woba, expected slugging, batting average, XB, X batting average, exit, exit below, average, exit below, or not average exit below, but like basically any of them, like, it's pretty you know, it, it seems pretty obvious that like, he was on an uptick right now. like his, uh, his expected slugging is at the highest point that it's been all season uh, right now. and he was kind of you know he, he had a he started out really strong and then he got into a pretty big slump, and then he got out of it. Uh, he's walking less, or he's walking s- severely more, uh, I'm sorry, not less. Uh, he's chasing a lot less. Like, he was showing signs of his 2008 self. And uh, it really sucks for the Giants because it sucks for a lot of people because obviously it sucks for the Giants. Luckily, it's only, I think, four to six weeks, so it's not too severe. But, I mean, uh, one of the things I talked about with Longoria individually, and I'll repeat this for a while, is that he's probably like one or two solid years away from being a legit Hall of Fame contender.
0: Right, yeah. And, like, there's data to back it up.
1: Yeah. Um, There's a lot of data to back it up. And, I mean, he's like he's closer and closer to getting there with every, you know, good day he has. Uh, and obviously that's going to have to be put on halt for the next month and a half.
0: Yeah. And it's really unfortunate that it's an injury like that, you know, a sprained shoulder where um, you don't know uh, if it's going to fully recover. And, you know, also that's uh that plays a major role in your swing, obviously. I think the re-
1: one, I think the one, like, <laughs> Way where the Giants can kind of look at this and say, "Okay, this isn't too bad." Is that, you know, one of Longoria's roles on the team is to be, you know, a veteran leader. Uh, but luckily, they also have Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey who have been performing very well this year. So I mean, it, you know, if that role isn't totally lost on the field with without his presence. You know, it certainly it doesn't make them a better team not having Longoria. But at at the very least, one of his big roles on the team can be filled by two other guys.
0: Yeah, and he get you know he'll still probably be um in the uh in the dugout as well doing whatever he can to uh support to support uh whoever will be playing third base in his place who which seems to be either wilmer flores or mauricio dubon uh will probably be filling that role yeah like long yeah longoria's savant statistics are actually pretty wild he's in the 97th percentile for expected woba uh, he was one
1: of my how he was a how about that for a reason.
0: Yeah, and he's kept it going. You know, most of our how about that's they kind of slow down a little bit after, but his hot streak has really just not stopped.
1: Well, I mean, uh, he did he did go through a pretty big slump like during the like the end of April, early May.
0: Okay. It, yeah, but you know, he's but he still... got
1: but he got back to it. Like everyone's gonna go through slumps and it's how you rebound, and Evan Longoria rebounded even better than he did at the start of the season.
0: Yeah, like he the 100th percentile and a hard hit rate is just not something I expected from a 35-year-old. No, unless uh,
1: it's Nelson Cruz, but he's 41.
0: But yeah, yeah, a 35-year-old Evan Longoria is not what I expected, especially with how his career seemed to be trending. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was turning it around. Hopefully, hopefully a solid recovery, and he can get right back to it um, four to six weeks from now. Exactly, um, but yeah. Uh, do we have any other news before we get into? Uh... I wanted to talk about the Red
1: Sox Yankees series.
0: All right, yeah, because that's, that's
1: been a pretty big topic of discussion. Like no I like
0: position here.
1: Yeah, no, I mean listen, Chris, Chris and I are both Red Sox fans. We've stated that plenty of times, and we kind of I feel like we do kind of try to stay away from the Red Sox just to avoid like a homer perspective. Um, but this is a story right now. Like the Yankees are thirty-one and twenty-nine after getting swept. Uh, in their own home by the Red Sox, the first time the Red Sox have swept in Yankee Stadium in ten years. The Yankees have lost, I believe, ten of their last thirteen.
0: Yeah, uh, if something that's like correct. That.
1: They got they've gotten swept for the second time in like a week and a half period because they also got swept by the Tigers. Um, I mean, like, where where do we start? Because I mean, the the clear issue right now is the offense. Uh, and I there's given a lot of Yankee fans calling for Aaron Boone's head, and I get it. I really do understand it, but this is a more than just a one person thing. Like this is a lot of people.
0: Yeah. It's weird. Uh, You know, it's, it's, they've had an interesting season because we already had one segment talking about the Yankees struggles earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Then they kind of went on a hot streak and now, now they're back on their uh, their cold streak. And I'm trying to look at when it got bad. Cause I mean, like, we all know they have the potential they swept the white Sox, you know just two weeks ago uh and and then it then it started going bad for them so yeah they've they've gone uh yeah three and yeah they've lost 10 of their last 13 like you like you said and i'm trying to look at the offensive statistics to go with that
1: uh Um, they've grounded into the most double plays in the league that's obviously going to kill you
0: yeah yeah Uh,
1: they only have how many hitters do they have with a... Yeah, it looks like they only have five qualified hitters with an, with a weighted runs created plus above 100. And, and half of them are below 110. And the other one's John Carlos Stanton, who was hurt. And then there's, like, Aaron Judge has basically been carrying the entire offense. Like you know, Stanton was very good for a while. Then he got hurt, and ever since then, he's struck out virtually every at bat. He's also walking a pretty concerning amount—a nine point nine percent walk rate for John Carlos Stanton. Like I expect better. I expect better than that from him. Right. Right. Um, Glaber Torres—he's been hot lately, but uh, I mean, I, I, I always kind of had some doubts on him because uh, since twenty nineteen, since the start of twenty nineteen, which was his best season. He is a below-average hitter when he plays teams that aren't the Orioles. Uh, he sort of just feeds off that. Uh, but yep. nonetheless, like, he's still 24 years old, and you expect better than a 106 weighted runs created plus, even if it is just through 50 games, and he's been better recently. Like, you need more than that. Uh, Gio Urshela is at a 105. Gary Sanchez is at a 103. And, we, I mean, there's been Gary Sanchez has been a pretty big talking point, and I think we all know, you know, how, how Yankee fans feel about him.
0: Right. Yeah, and uh, one of my slightly alarmings uh from last last, ep- yeah, last episode was mm-hmm. DJ LeMahieu. And yep. you know, you can check out the statistical breakdown uh on, on the last episode. But yeah, he you know, in a I think it was a 23 game span leading leading up to that episode, he was hitting 205 of the four ninety-six ops. He had only had one extra base hit in that 20 uh, 23 game span, and also Uh, When in a in a situation where he was, you know, specializing in the previous two years in that 23 game span, he was only hitting 111 with runners in a scoring position. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a team in their last 13 games, uh, the Yankees have a 78 weighted runs created. Plus, that's an issue that is twenty seventh That is 27th in Major League Baseball and uh, 14th in the American League at a fifteen.
1: That's that can't happen like that. The Yankees lineup is too good for a 78 over any period of time, more than like
0: two games. Yeah. And when you, when you think of the Yankees struggling, you, you would expect it to be the pitching to be the issue, but yeah, I was going to
1: say the last time we talked about the Yankees struggling, it was the rotation behind Cole and now it's the offense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and, yeah, the offense just hasn't really been uh, hasn't really been the same this year overall. I would I would say just in general, but uh, it's been really weird. Yeah, yeah, the Yankees in this thirteen game span have been pretty dead on middle of the pack in terms of pitching. You can't blame it all. You can't blame it on that at all. They are fifteenth, uh, I believe, in ERA uh, in their in their last thirteen games. You, you know. So yeah. it's obviously an offensive problem. They're uh, six, yeah. They're sixteenth in Major League Baseball in ERA. So, yeah, it's a it's an offensive problem. Uh, to, and like yeah, they got swept in their own stadium by the Red, by the Sox, Red Sox for the first time since uh, twenty eleven. Uh, so that kind of says something about how, kind of bad it's been for the Yankees uh for the past couple weeks or so.
1: Um do you
0: think Aaron Boone
1: makes it to the end of the season?
0: Um I all right. I mean I feel like there's potential for him to be fired because you know if the offense isn't performing maybe it's a a clubhouse issue. Maybe guys aren't motivated. Because when it's your when it's your everyday players who are not performing maybe it's a lack of uh, motivation or something i'm not sure um but i don't know that's a very good question i think i think he will survive the season i feel like the yankees will get hot a- again eventually
1: oh they um, absolutely will
0: i don't know yeah. I, yeah I feel like they you know they'll be in a position to make it to the playoffs so i feel like they won't fire him midseason but i could see a, a scenario where <clears throat> like John Farrell, where they make the playoffs, they get eliminated again, and then they uh and then they fire him.
1: I and think then, this should be his last chance. Like he had a he had a, a World Series like borderline favorite every single year that he's been there. And he hasn't gotten it done yet. He hasn't even gotten to the World Series.
0: Yeah, and this um, is his fourth year.
1: Yeah. And I know like, you know, he played like It is funny because when you look at the teams that they lost to in the playoffs, all those, like in the Aaron Boone era, all those teams were better than the Yankees.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The,
1: the 2018 Red Sox were better than them. The 2019 Astros were better than them and the 2020 Rays were better than them. But I mean, the Yankees haven't had the best record in the American league at any point since what, like the 2010, 2011, 2012 days, somewhere around there.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like 2018, they were expected to be the world beaters. They had, you know, they won ninety-one games the year before they were developing. Uh they were gonna get a full year, or yeah, Torres was coming up. They had just recently acquired John Carlos Stanton, who had won the MVP. Yeah, they were supposed to be like the new big bad Yankees, and then they, you know, they got a wild card to finish. And then, you know, they had a they kind of overperformed in 2019, uh, because you know, they hadn't really acquired anybody and they had injuries, but I mean, the, the fact that they haven't reached a world series is, is just, uh, you can't really have that. And Boone has been there for, this is his fourth year now. And if he goes four years without being able to make the world series, it might be time to time to part ways the same way yeah. it, it would almost, it wouldn't be really a John Farrell situation. It would probably be more of a Don Mattingly situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, because, I mean, like, the Dodgers were supposed to be world beaters. By the way, one of my favorite things, I'm from New York, so I know a lot of Yankee fans. Yankee fans are, like, set on the fact that they're going to fire Aaron Boone and get Don Mattingly.
0: Huh.
1: Even when I tell them that Don Mattingly is already employed under contract by a major league team, and I believe said contract even goes through the end of 2020, 2021. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is his manager or his manager stats? Does it have his manager contract? Uh, does it have his... Does it tell me like when his contract is up with the Marlins?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Managing for a team whom he won manager of the year for last a year.
1: A team that has a very bright future ahead of them. Yeah. Right. And a team that has become a lot more competent with the way they run things over the last few years too.
0: Yeah. I don't um, know. Yeah, that's weird.
1: It is. I, I hear it every single, like, I mean, it's mostly it's mostly people who watched Don Mattingly play growing up. Right. Because they want that nostalgia factor. Dodger fans hated Don Mattingly, might, might I add, uh, from a manager's standpoint. And I don't know how much different that would have been had he had that career with the Dodgers. Like, I don't understand the whole, like, hire a manager because they were like, they gave you a lot of good feelings as a player. That's kind of where the Yankees, I'm going to be honest. I don't think Aaron Boone gets that job. If he doesn't hit the home run in 2003, I really don't.
0: Right. Yeah. Because Like,
1: like, I mean, think about it. Aaron Boone hits the home run. He goes over to ESPN. When you look at the guys that were over at ESPN at the time, it was because of, of one big moment that really got them there. Dallas Braden. Does he get to ESPN with, if he doesn't throw a perfect game? I don't know. It's hard to say. Does Aaron Boone get there? If he doesn't, you know, hit a home run hard to say like it's, you know, they tend to hire based on memory at ESPN and that gave Aaron Boone a platform to, to, you know, talk about baseball the way he does. And that gave him an opportunity to get interviewed by the Yankees and eventually get that job. And like, you know, the, the Red Sox Yankees rivalry was also at a pretty good height in 2017. Like the Yankees were very up and coming. The Red Sox won the division. They had a really good core. And it seemed at the time, like both of them were going to, you know, be good for the next 10 years. Obviously, that didn't exactly work out, but you know, Aaron Boone getting hired there did add a factor to the rivalry because every time they play each other, you you see that replay.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it's one of the big uh, timestamps in the in the rivalry, and yeah, and like when you think of some of the best managers uh, today, like Alex Cora, Kevin Cash, AJ Hinch, weren't remembered for any particular moments in their major. league Baldelli. Career. Yeah, Morocco I know Baldelli. that the, I know that
1: his team is struggling, but I mean, I, it's I don't think it's his fault, honestly. I think he's a better manager than his record shows.
0: But yeah, those those types of guys weren't remembered for any particular moments. I mean, I, I'm not, and I'm not going to discredit anything or any uh, baseball knowledge or uh, managing skills that Aaron Boone had, because you know he like he managed a very good team in in 2019. Yeah, uh, you know,
1: especially with the injuries too.
0: Yeah, he was like. Yankee
1: fans were upset that he didn't win Manager of the Year a year and a half ago, and I know that Manager of the Year is a very uh, vanilla sort of stat. It doesn't really mean that much. I mean, like, look at Paul Molitor. He got fired the year after he won it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It
1: is. It is very questionable. Like Rick Renteria finished in the top three last year.
0: Yeah. Right. And he Um, had a
1: legitimate case to win it. Like it doesn't. It doesn't happen like that.
0: Yeah. And but yeah, it's a thing of like you know, it's results versus expectations. The, the Yankees have been expected to, you know, if, if you told the Yankees fan uh, before 2018, you know, they would not, they would not be, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they would not get into a world series in the, in the next three years. And they would be 31 and 29 to start the year in 2021. It would be extremely disappointing. So, yeah, uh, you know, you, Probably you go to the manager first there, uh, unfortunately for him. But um I don't know. I've and I mean also
1: like just the fact that every single person got ejected from the the game after that strike three call except for Aaron Boone, I feel like that says a lot of what you need to know. Like that like Chris and I, we were both Red Sox fans. That ball was a foot outside. That was not a strike. Yeah. It wasn't even it wasn't even close to being a strike. And I mean Phil Nevin like was in the parking lot ready to, to, to meet the umpire after the game. Like Marcus Timms was like cursing him out. The entire Yankee bench was screaming except for Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone went out to talk for a little bit, didn't get ejected. I mean, my first thought was why is Boone still here? Like he should be in the clubhouse right now. Like there's no, like you got to fight for your guys there because you just got screwed out of a bases loaded opportunity to walk it off. And now you're going to extras against a team that's been really hitting well in the clutch. And... You can't even bother to say a few words in a raised voice to the umpire who just gave the game away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It Like, you kind of have to stick up there. You, you at least have to raise your voice a little bit.
1: And Aaron Boone's there. gotten ejected for far less, too. Oh, yeah. Like, that ball was nowhere near a strike.
0: Yeah. And, like, when you talk about manager moments, when – you know, this is this was a team who heading into the game had lost nine out of twelve. There's a bit that, you know, people talk about when uh, sometimes managers will get into a feisty argument and will pump up their team. You know, this was something that potentially could have set their team up for success down the road, maybe pump their team up to, you know, to uh, succeed, you know, later on. But you know, I don't know it. It was kind of, yeah it was kind of weird how that was approached also
1: there's like a there's a narrative that i want to get rid of because i've seen a lot of this on twitter being like well if if don mattingly was there or if joe tory was there or if joe girardi or or buck showalter was there all these old school managers they would have been screaming in the umpire's face like you can't have these younger guys you know that they they don't that's not true like the younger guys like alex if the roles were reversed there alex core would have been out screaming if you really want proof, look at Davey Martinez's ejection from a couple of weeks ago at Wrigley Field. That guy is younger than, you know, the majority of managers that are, that I just named. Uh, he is a little bit older than most of like the, most of today's managers, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think he's like in his fifties, like like younger fifties. He's 57. Okay. So he is a bit older, but, but I mean, like if, when you compare that to the people I just mentioned, he's much younger and, um, and he also played in the league. So,
0: yeah. And like, Cora, Cora got ejected for um, talking balls and strikes this past week, so. Yeah. That like, was a, that's like that was a thing.
1: Like, you know, Cora is like seen as this, you know, this very friendly manager that like, you know, is more of a friend with his players than he is, but if he needs to open his mouth to an umpire, he will.
0: Yeah uh that's like, very...
1: not that's like that's not just uh you need a 65 year old dinosaur who doesn't understand what slugging percentage is to to yell balls and strikes.
0: Yeah, very <clears throat> very easily. He is yeah, he goes out there until the starts uh...
1: mowing as we're doing this.
0: <laughs> nice. But yeah, that's... I remember uh I think Cora I remember in 2018 when uh Severino mm-hmm. uh, threw... He threw at, a, who was it, Bets, Yeah, he threw at Bets and Cora was uh, livid. He he was livid. But I guess that is a different situation than getting a bad call against you. Um, so I guess maybe that's not the best comparison to make. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah is, that, uh, is that what we got on the Yankees?
1: Yeah, I think that's everything we could have covered. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think at this point, I don't know if I'd blame them if they fired Aaron Boone. I think at this point it's justified.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder what candidates, because I I do feel it will be a, uh, I do feel it will be, a conversation for after the season as to who they get, because I imagine they'll try I to get, one of the, maybe they go after a guy like Will Venable who was interviewing for managerial yeah, positions,
1: and that'd be, that'd be a great. He's a bench coach now, I think, with the Red Phillies? Sox. Oh, it's Red Sox, yeah, because he interviewed with the Phillies, yeah. Um, yeah, I um, mean, like, there's a lot of guys out there that. And I don't know. I don't know because the only thing that worries me, and I don't know if they're gonna do this again, but last time the Yankees were hiring, they only looked to former players.
0: Yeah, uh, Sam. Uh, what's what is Sam Fold doing? I know he's with some organization. He's not. me. He he's.
1: I think he might be with the Phillies.
0: Yeah, because fold went into like a front office position
1: yeah i don't know if he's um, yeah a he's, a, he's the oh he's the current gm of the phillies wow. so yeah i
0: guess he probably won't be trying to manage but
1: yeah that's that's quite a. especially like when you're in the first couple of years of a gm tenure like and the phillies aren't necessarily expected to be world series contenders right now Mm-hmm. <sighs> like yeah you don't leave that job a year in
0: right um, yeah, I don't
1: know, but it'll be interesting. I hope they don't just go with the former player route because that's gonna limit a lot of their uh, a lot of their potential candidates.
0: Yeah. by former player, do you just mean former MLB player, or former Yankees, Yankees player? player. Ooh. Like
1: I think like they, they interviewed like if they interviewed like ten managers last time, at least eight of them played for the Yankees.
0: Yeah, that's weird.
1: with like one of the exceptions being Chris Woodward, who now has a major league job.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's pretty weird. Pretty weird. Um, All right. So I guess that leads into uh, the part of the episode we've most prepared for. We'll start off. So we're going to talk about some sub players or subjects to highlight for good and bad reasons. We'll start out with the good reasons and uh, talk about and do our Monday Monday, june 7th 2021 edition of so what player do you have to highlight for us today Uh,
1: players
0: players nice let's go
1: and they're both in the same division actually um fun can you hear me okay with the with the guy mowing in the background
0: yeah you're good okay all
1: right so we've been hearing a lot about corbin burns this year we've been hearing a lot about brandon woodruff this year But the Brewers have a third ace that doesn't get a lot of attention, and his name is Freddy Peralta. And for the record, he had a really strong start his last time out. He actually took a no-hitter into, I believe, the eighth inning. Uh, I was going to go with him before that start. There's no way to prove that, unfortunately, so you're just going to have to take my word for it. But I was going to go with Freddy Peralta regardless of how his last start went, and he happened to have taken a no-hitter into the eighth inning on his birthday nonetheless. So Freddy Peralta has pitched in 12 games this season, and he has at least six strikeouts in all of them. And he is just one of two players in 2021 with 12 games with at least six strikeouts in 2021, with the other player being Shane Bieber. It's just Freddie Peralta and Shane Bieber. And he is also the major league leader in strikeouts per nine since September 2019. Uh, out of 160 pitchers who have thrown at least 70 innings in that time, he is 1389 strikeouts per nine since september of 2019 and 103 innings pitch too so that 70 innings pitch isn't necessarily a complete cherry pick uh so freddie peralta has not been getting the love he deserves and he is legitimately he he's the third best pitcher on the brewers he could be an ace to ace in most rotations
0: yeah freddie peralta uh yeah yeah he's been because he's kind of he was kind of a hybrid of a reliever and starter, and now it's like, all right, this mm-hmm. clear, this guy clearly needs to be getting at least five innings uh, in every time he pitches. Um, yeah, it, his his ERA is in the low twos now. I'm pretty sure it's uh, he's been pretty insane, and the Brewers just seem to keep finding these guys. Yeah, um, I
1: mean, like, mind you, like I I picked the Brewers to win the NL Central. Some some of our listeners may remember that. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it right now. They've won, I think, eight of their last nine. Uh, they're in first in the division right now, and there's certainly a long way to go. But, I mean, you know, I'm feeling good about it, and Freddie is one of those reasons why.
0: Yeah, and one, one of my issues with, with the Brewers heading into the season was uh, their three, four, and five starters because I believed in Woodruff and Burns. However, if they got Freddie Peralta pitching like the ace that uh, Burns and Woodruff have been, I mean that is lethal, and that is something you do not want to see in a five-game series. Also,
1: exactly. And Christian Yelich just came back too, so like this team's probably only going to get better from where they are right now.
0: Yeah, when you think about the Brewers, you mostly think of their offense, but uh, pitching has has improved. Maybe offensive tape. Yeah, the offense, you know, the bit. offense
1: is taken a bit of a step back as yeah, of right now, but I mean, you know, it can only go up from from the bottom. So.
0: Yeah, and you know, not not the most I wouldn't say not the most competitive division, but not a very top heavy division. So uh they can they can do some damage um with the roster that they have.
1: Absolutely. So my second how about that? I'm staying in the NL Central and uh this is definitely not nearly as established a guy as Freddie Peralta, but he's been doing some damage. Patrick wisdom for the Chicago Mm -hmm. Cubs has been Destroying the ball lately. He's played 13 major league games this year and he is slashing 412, 444, 1088 for a 1533 OPS uh in 36 plate appearances with seven home runs. And get this, Chris. He is the 15th player in baseball history to have a 1530 plus OPS in at least 35 plate appearances in their first 13 games of the season. He's also the first Chicago Cubs player to do so, and he joins a list with guys such as Albert Pujols, Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds, Larry Walker, Jimmy Fox, and Nap Lajoie, who have also done it among those 15. Uh, and now Patrick Wisdom is one of those names.
0: Yeah, he's he's been crazy. I'm looking at his savant now. He has an mm-hmm. 80, 81% hard hit rate. Uh, that's that's nice. That's That's always good. That's um, absurd yeah uh just breaking out i mean uh he's a uh, 30 years old but he's he's found his stride uh just now and uh it says he's a third baseman so maybe if if chris bryant leaves maybe there maybe he can be the third baseman but i guess I mean,
1: it's only a 13 game sample you never really know yeah uh because he played he's been in the league since 2018 and uh he he actually was on the cardinals um cardinals could certainly use him right now but um He's on the Cubs now, and yeah. he's crushing it uh, on the other side of that rivalry.
0: And Chris Bryan has kind of been an outfielder, so I don't know. <laughs>
1: exactly. Apparently, on yeah.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Um, all right. Uh, my how about that? And uh, Patrick Patrick Wisdom getting a. How about that? Uh, my how about that? Is uh, a guy who in his first start of the season allowed five earned runs in one third of an inning but since then has a 1.38 ERA and 65 innings pitched. I'm talking about Kyle Gibson, who has been, uh, you know, one of the, who has had one of the best ERAs in the American league. Uh, and in fact, his 1.38 ERA in 65 innings pitch uh, since his uh, second start of the season is uh, that that ERA ranks second in the AL uh, has the second best ERA second best ERA in the AL since his second start of the season and uh, his FIP also ranks sixth in this span and uh, overall this year his ground ball rate is the highest it's been since 2015 his pop-up rate is the highest it has ever been in the stat cast era and his line drive rate is the lowest it's ever been uh, in the stat cast era so uh, quality of contact is getting better for Gibson, and he's having a, a career year thus far. You know, he's probably not going to have a low twos ERA forever, but you know, his expected ERA is in the low threes anyway. So, you know, even with a little bit of good luck, he's still having a still having a great year for the for the Texas Rangers. Did not ex- did not really expect that one, but uh he's been he's been excellent and he deserves uh a So that uh, does it for the players uh, to highlight for good reasons. Now we're going to get into the players or subjects to highlight for bad reasons in our Monday, June 7th, 2021 edition of Slightly Alarming. So who do you have to highlight for bad reasons today?
1: So this guy has had pretty much a tale of two different seasons where he was great and now he's not so great. I'm uh, looking at one of my players to watch in 2020, uh, Matthew Boyd, the ah. Detroit Tigers. He's been he was a potential trade candidate for a while, and uh, it looked it really looked like you know he was getting like the Tigers were going to get some uh, some good uh, players for him. After his first seven starts, he had a 1.3 F4 with a 1.94 ERA and 1.94 walks per nine. Ironically, he had the same ERA and walks per nine. Uh, which ranks 16th, and that walks per nine ranks 16th in the majors over that time. So he was one of the better pitchers in baseball. Uh, but since then, he has a 7.84 ERA and a 3.92 walks per nine, which is the eighth worst in the majors. So Matthew Boyd's season has t- kind of taken a turn for the worst over the last uh, four weeks, maybe. I think it was May 16th when he made the first of those uh, starts where he has a 7.84 ERA. Um, and, you know, it, his trade value is kind of diminishing by the start right now.
0: Dang. Uh, Matthew Boyd. Slightly alarming. Uh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, not putting it together. Uh, not quite putting it together. But uh, my slightly alarming, you know, we, we talked about him coming up. He's been kind of a talking point over the past couple years, but he has had a rough start to his major league career. Uh, jared kelnick he's just been uh riding the struggle bus very much so in in the past in the past week overall he is hitting 096 with a 378 ops and uh he is 0 for his last 39 0 for his last 39 with 18 strikeouts uh that's really all that needs to be said and uh overall his line drive rate is 12.3%, which is less than half the league average. So uh, maybe that's, that's probably the biggest issue you can point out in terms of what's on Statcast. but uh, Jared Kelnick. Yeah. Not the best start to his career. Uh, maybe not having a season last year might have something to do with that. We talked about that with, uh, we talked about that with Kyle. Maybe that could be um, that could be one of the issues, but, yeah, uh, you know, he will probably recover uh, at some point, whether it be this season or uh, in the future. But Jared Kelnick right now looking slightly alarming. Uh, so that does it for uh, slightly for how about that some slightly alarming statistics. And uh, now uh, we get into the preview of the week ahead for um, you know i think is mlb draft is tonight
1: no nah, it's not i thought it was but it's not
0: cuz yeah there are only there's only
1: 3 games scheduled today but there was initially 2 and there's a makeup game i think today was supposed to serve as like a potential makeup date for any covid you know backed up games but those have not been too much of an issue so far uh, yeah. that would be my guess as it was built in that way but it says the 2021 mlb draft is being held during the all-star break Uh, July 11th through 13th, 2021. Uh, But yeah, there's only three games tonight. Um, There's still a matchup that I'll be interested in. It's going to be a a late one. Uh, Adbert Alzale versus Ryan Weathers. Uh, I mentioned Alzale, I think it was two shows ago. Maybe it was last show. Uh, He's been pretty excellent so far. His strikeout to walk ratio has been one of the best in the league um, over the past few starts. And Ryan Weathers, he doesn't go deep into games, but he's a lefty with a 206 ERA. Uh, so that's not bad. And then on Tuesday, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of things aren't confirmed. You got, um, what do you got? What do you got? Um, you got Ray Day on Tuesday, of course. Robbie Ray going up against Carlos Rodon. Uh, that's an interesting matchup. Two lefties uh, who pitch very differently, have different pitching styles, I guess.
0: Yeah, um, I I was kind of disappointed we couldn't see a Robbie Ray versus Dylan Cease game, but I think mm-hmm. the Dylan Cease
1: that uh, would have been the dream. But the Dylan Cease meme is over.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty much over now. And I think the John-
1: and the Robbie Ray meme for the reasons I always had it is kind of over too. Like his walk rate has been excellent this year.
0: Yeah, it's been weird.
1: Uh, and then oh, on uh, Wednesday you got Taiwan Walker facing Matt Harvey, which means Matt Harvey is going to be facing the Mets. Uh, you know, that's not a great pitching matchup, but, you know, it's Matt Harvey facing his old team, the Dark Knight. Uh, that'll yep. be interesting for sure. And uh, I think that's about it for matchups that I'll be looking at this week or this time around.
0: Um, all right, well, uh, series to watch. Fun- funnily enough, the most interesting series were actually – the most interesting series to watch as of last Monday's episode, the Red Sox and Astros are going to be rematching and the Padres and Cubs are going to be rematching Uh, the games. Red Sox Astros is going to be at Fenway and Padres Cubs is going to be at Petco. But so I decided to kind of talk about a series that might not pop off the page in terms of record versus record, but I think twins Yankees might be interesting because like, Because uh, Twins, you know, I I pointed out the Twins' uh, starting pitching staff as slightly alarming, and I I pulled up um, their stats. Yeah, since April 10th, they have the second-worst starter ERA in Major League Baseball. The Yankees are – the Yankees, I believe, still have the least amount of runs per game in the American League, so it's like – Maybe the Twins can uh, get their pitching in order in this series, or the Yankees can get their offense in order. I have a take. Series.
1: I think if the Twins lose this series, it's over.
0: Uh, if the Twins lose this series, all right. Yeah. I've yep. been, I've been waiting to see like when I, when I call my shot on the Twins being over. But uh, yeah, I mean they have an opportunity to like potentially, I don't know, gain ground in the wild card race here um but yeah it's it's uh it's june and it's not looking good and they've you know we talked about how they could gain some ground against the orioles and royals but that didn't really that didn't really happen they on the road against the orioles they lost two out of three and then they split against kansas Kansas city which uh, was not the best case scenario so um they haven't really gained much ground since we talked about them a couple weeks ago uh, yeah, so that's the thing of like, yeah, what's going to crack? Is it going to be the twins starting rotation who uh doesn't do well, or is it going to be the Yankees offense that just cannot uh score runs still? Uh, so yeah, that'll be an interesting battle. Uh, but yeah, that leads to uh the conclusion of the episode. We hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, if you are listening on apple Podcasts or spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens go to our youtube channel and subscribe to the youtube channel is called above replacement radio if you want to follow us on social media follow me on twitter at chris underscore gianta follow daniel on both twitter and instagram at daniel underscore current and follow the show instagram at above replacement radio for all all the show needs so we hope you enjoy this one and we hope to see you on thursday where we will be talking about all the happenings in major league baseball uh, and, uh, and more. So we will see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.